Caution, the Mark Hunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. And, besides that, he's really weird. Welcome to the Mark Gunger Show with international marriage speaker and author of Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, Mark Gunger. This is your source for practical, down-to-earth marriage advice without all the over-spiritualization or romantic nonsense. And now the host of the Mark Gunger Show, Mark Gunger. With delirious joy, they've joined the Mark Gunger Show, the show that deals with all things concerning marriage. Indeed, I'm your host, the one, the only Mark Gunger. Joining me, as always, the ever lovely and charming Lady Diane. Yep. The queen. That's me. The queen of... Something. Something. Careful. (laughs) The queen of a lot of things. Just be careful what you're divulging. I was going to say the queen of whatever city you live in, but maybe you don't want people to know where you live. No, let's not. (laughs) Let's not. Of uh, Cucamonga. Of Cucamonga. The queen of Cucamonga. Cucamonga. Uh, Philip James Gunger is also uh, missing. He's recovering from surgery. So uh, we're cutting him slack. Although we have theorized that having him show up drugged up out of his mind would be... I would have been highly amused. (laughs) would have been highly entertaining. Anyway, engineering the show is always the very talented but eerily creepy. Timothy Robert Ray pushing buttons, twisting knobs, and trying to stay awake during this incomprehensibly, immeasurably boring show. Which is probably true. <laughs> he probably is fighting it's sleep on the th- other side of the wall. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Heard it 15,000 <laughs> times. Don't want to hear it anymore. Spends a couple of hours with us. That's why I should have sent my parents and gone to medical school. <laughs> Knew I could have got a better job than this stupid <laughs> job. Parkinson is an idiot. Anyway, uh, this is a show that handles your marital challenges, <clears throat> relational conundrums, and dating dilemmas that you can email to us at ask, A-S-K, at markgungor.com. What have you got today? Okay, this little article rings true for what you talk about in your seminars. I thought that it was good. Three ways men communicate differently than women. All right. The first way, men tend to shut down when emotions get involved, and women tend to open up when emotions get involved. That's very good. The different ways in which the male brain and the female brain typically process emotion is vital to understand if we want to improve communication in marriage. The tendency of men to shut down when visible emotions are present in a conversation, while women are more likely to open up in the same situation, this can create mutual frustration and confusion until both spouses can talk about their differences and learn to navigate their unique perspectives. Boy, ain't that the truth. It really is, actually. Like, every man practically that I know, with rare exception, (laughs) very rare exception, shuts down. They all shut down. They can't handle it. Especially when you're a common uh, emotional you, woman like me, you boy. Are, you, you can be a little intense. I shut them all down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, the thing is, is that all y'all, that you like the intensity of my fun emotions. Uh-huh. You just hate 
Yes, the intensity of the flip side of that coin. Yes. I know. Yes. I know. It's, that's I, exactly I what watch it, it happen before my eyes. <laughs> As long as she's so. a smiley, happy Diane, we all love is well, that and version. you love me. Yeah, when the other side kicks in, Wah! oh, run, everyone runs. It's like it's yeah. like when Godzilla and those yeah. Japanese movies would come into the city, everybody's running. Ah! Yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Yeah, that's exactly true. But it is true. Men don't handle emotion, <clears throat> not theirs or anybody else's. Most men, the yeah. majority, vast no, majority, probably true. I'm yes, a pretty emotional guy. I think it's still even kind of true with me. Yeah, no, you don't handle it well. Yeah, no. <laughs> Stop I, crying. I don't know. Stop just, raising your voice. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. Calm You're freaking me out. <laughs> I've heard that on numerous occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, men tend to focus on one thing at a time, while women tend to be better at multitasking. This is true. Mm-hmm. For most women, their daily tasks, relationships, careers, finances, hobbies, and every other aspect of life is all interconnected, as you say. In communication, this is revealed by a natural transition from one seemingly unrelated topic to another from a man's perspective. Seemingly unrelated. They're, They're totally absolutely unrelated. This is because Crazy men chicks. tend to drill down one item at a time. We compartmentalize. Again, yes. neither approach is right or wrong. Men, we need to be more flexible and adept in the flow of our wife's conversations. And ladies, you might consider giving a transition statement to let us know you're changing gears or shifting topics. I do that, actually. Changing subjects now, I will ab- absolutely do that. <laughs> I'm, jumping, I'm jumping tracks now, and I, I will say that. Yeah, all right. No, I As a warning. All right. Uh, and the third one, men focus on quickly solving issues and women find comfort in simply sharing issues. The simple difference has created some unintended conflict or possibly hurt feelings in most marriages. The man finds validation in being his wife's defender and a problem solver, but the wife is simply looking for her husband to provide support, concern, and encouragement And she, sh- as she shares a particular struggle. She needs a safe place to process, and she's likely to shut down when her husband immediately starts offering solutions. One simple way to resolve this is to ask each other, as you tell me about this, would you like me to offer some ideas, or do you just need me to listen? Sounds like this person's been to one of my seminars. Actually. Yes, actually, <laughs> actually, I think that I think that he has because I know. Yeah. Oh, you know who this is? Yeah, I, I think I think if I remember where I got this, I got it off of Barrett Johnson's uh, blog. Interesting. Yeah, and so he's. Uh, That's very good. Yes. Well done. Yes, yes, yes. All right, we will take a break and come back with your emails right after this. Attend Mark's Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage event. Visit laughyourway.com for upcoming dates and locations. show talking about love, marriage, and relationships. Answering emails, what do you got? Okay, she says, so we've recently been to your seminar and it was great. Thank you. My husband finally had someone tell him that asking me if I wanted to have sex is stupid. <laughs> she says, thank you for that. You know when you say, hey, oh, you want to hey, have sex? Hey, want to have sex? Yeah. That, that's the version of an issue. Yeah. Hey, oh, oh. Sex? That is very common, by the way. Extremely. I hear that I'm all stunned. the time. I am stunned how common that is. You guys are morons. Hey, you want to have some? Hey, you hey, want to fool uh, around? Just, just out of nowhere. Yes. Just out of nowhere. Just, yes. Just, hey, hey, what? Really? That's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I anyway. got my issues, but that's generally not been one of them. So she <coughs> says they have another problem. You kind of apparently fixed that one. She says my husband will want sex. I will want to give him sex, but he is tired. 
She says, tired to the point of almost falling asleep, but yet he still gets mad at me for not trying harder to make it happen. Here's an example. Here's an example. Take yesterday, for example, she says. We put in cartoons to occupy the kids. (laughs) (laughs) We bathed and everything was set, but he was so tired that he can't even put any effort into climbing the palm tree. Uh So he just like falls on the bed. So I say, okay, forget about me. Let's focus on you. So so I... (laughs) So I get him to lay down, and he closes his eyes. He can barely move. And I say to him, it's hard for me to know what to do when you're this tired. He says, it's easy. I'm a man. Just do it. (laughs) She says, seriously, with lots of exclamation points after it. So I'm supposed to make him have an orgasm with him putting little to no effort in whatsoever. He wasn't even touching me, and I'm not exaggerating, she says. This led to a major fight that lasted all day, and even when we went to bed, I asked him if he would apologize, and he asked me if I was sorry. Well, no, I'm not. I didn't do anything wrong. So he said that he wasn't sorry either. She wants to know. My question is, if I want to avoid this particular fight in the future, and I do everything for him, am I teaching him that this is acceptable behavior? She says there are times that he's great at climbing the palm tree uh, Uh when they have sex, but what about Uh the times like this when he's apparently disengaged? (laughs) I, I think it's hilarious. I'm yeah. enjoying the argument here. I, you know, I, I think these are the kind of people. Look, there's yeah. everyone wants to get to the place. We want to get to the place where we don't have to argue about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of luck with that. This is dead. marriage. Yeah, dead. when you're dead, when you're dead, everybody's yeah. arguing. Dead. This is one of the classic arguments, and I think it's great. And I think I'm, I'm glad that you have enough backbone as a woman to get in his face about stuff. And he gets upset. Well, he gets upset. Good. And then you got upset. Good. You'll be fine. No one's gonna die. Everybody's so afraid of arguing. What's the matter with people? Well, they don't argue well. That's why. What? They don't. There's no arguing no, well. No, there's very destructive arguing. Oh, there is destructive arguing. And that's okay. where I think a lot of people end up with it. And so, therefore, rather than go down the destructive arguing, they would just rather not argue at all. I, I think people are crazy. Well, of I course think. they are. <laughs> You're like just that. learning this now? I don't know why I got this job. <laughs> It's just nuts. I think it's healthy. That's fine. Yeah. He's being a jerk about it. You yeah. point it out. Hey, I mean, you just lay there. You're like, I'm a man. Tired. Just do it. Well, hey, I would. I wouldn't do jack. I said, hey, yeah. when you want to make love to me, let me know. I'm here. You're too tired to engage with her. I'm sorry. You're too tired. You're too for tired, it. Jack. You're too tired for yeah. it. So well, you how about just get yours? All I would say is that. Well, how about tomorrow when you're not so tired? Yeah, that's, that's what I got to do. Well, if you're too tired. <laughs> yes, because you will teach him if you just keep doing this for him. You probably will teach you. Why don't people just do morning yeah. sex? I don't like this. And morning sex is fabulous. Oh, please. <laughs> for, for most men. Please. Yeah, I know. That's when their testosterone is the highest. Yes. Why wouldn't a guy just rather... When he's not so tired, the testosterone's it, there. You know? Would women prefer in the night before and not the morning? Some I, women do. Some would, because she said we bathe and everything. Yeah. She wants everything in her breast milk, yeah. you know, everything. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. You got to work it out. Kind of a bed bug in the morning. That's just not... <laughs> what? Kind of a bit of a bed bug in the morning. <laughs> you know, all rumpled and... No. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Look, work it out. Work it out. That's not my problem. There's nothing wrong with you guys debating this thing. And certainly, if he just flops on the bed and says, okay, take just care of me. take care of me. I, I would say, no. 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 My friend Jimmy Bratcher would say, that's a hell, hell no. no. <laughs> yeah. That's not a no. That's, that's a, a hell, hell no. no. You're too tired to you're give too, me any action. Yeah, you're just too yeah, tired. Yeah, let's, 
just try again when you're yeah, not quite yeah, so let sleepy. Me, let me know. You know? Yeah. And the guys like this, you know, you come the home. the same guys that are asking their wives, hey, you want to have sex? So, so they said, they turn on the cartoon so the kids are still, what time are they going to bed? The kids are still up. Maybe it was in the middle of the day. Well, it was in the middle of the day, this particular one. He's that tired in the middle of the day? I don't know. Well, if the kids were up, it was in the middle of the day, I'm but Yeah, assuming. that's what I'm saying. It's the whole thing just seems odd to me. Yeah. Or why not go to sleep? Go take a nap. Yeah. When you wake up from that, and then when you wake up from that, let's engage. Why not then? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not rocket science, people. Sometimes that's exactly what you do. Let's go lay down, take a nap for a while. Okay, I'm so exhausted. Okay, and then engage after that. You know, I don't know if she's not that tired. He's like, oh, you take a nap, and then when you wake up, then I'll pull out some cartoons for the kids. I mean, yeah. it's not rockets. It's no. so simple. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> People are just crazy. They are. <laughs> okay, it's a guy writing. He says, my wife and I are youth leaders in our community and have been serving in that capacity for the last three to four years. We were married two years ago, now expecting our first child. We have an excellent group of kids that attend the youth group, but there are always some that can't seem to be able to figure out dating and what a good relationship should look like. I think that's most of them. Uh-huh. Uh, what kind of advice do you have that we can use to deepen our influence in that area? I have been told by some of the parents that they want their daughters to marry someone like me, and others have commented on how awesome of a relationship my wife and I have and that they are not and they are not wrong. But how can we as a couple be more of an example of a godly relationship? Well, it sounds like you're doing fine if women are saying, I want my kid to marry someone like you. Yeah. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like you're being a pretty good example now. What yeah. do you want? You want some really great advice for your singles? Get my book. <laughs> being Found. Mm-hmm. Actually, we should have hardcover in our hand in about a week. Really? Yes. That was faster than Just I thought. Just the, uh, well, then they got to ship them. Oh, the shipping. And yeah, that yeah. could take a month alone because they'll ship yeah. them. It's, they're printed overseas and they put them on a slow boat. And uh, it can literally take sometimes yeah. two months before they yeah. get. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway, but. Uh, but that is very good to go through that book with these kids. And I think it'd be brilliant. Them all of that. Uh, now, it's written, voiced to girls, to women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even the guy should hear this. Yes. And I think it'd be really, really good. And in that book, being fine, actually, you can do, you can uh, download it, a digital download right away if you want, just at markgunger.com, uh, and uh, put it on your iPad. Of course, by the, this show could be being rebroadcast a year from now, it. so forget these timeline things, not going to make any sense. Uh, <laughs> get the book. Either the hardcover, if it's available, if it's not, download it. Being found. Seriously, if you're a concerned father about how, is, has he got daughters or what? Oh, he's their first child, just pregnant now. Oh, he's worrying about now for... Th- no, no, they're youth group leaders. So it's teaching the kids in the youth group that they're in charge of. Oh. Sorry, you skipped oh, the group there. I missed there. that part. You skipped okay, the group. So he's almost a contemporary of their... Uh, yes. Yeah, so well, the parents are saying we want our kids... You got that part. I got that. Okay. You just derailed yourself That's, for a yeah. second. Yeah. Can't imagine that. <laughs> What? You what? skipped a group. Thursday, no, you, you had it the first time. So, yeah, you just relax. Be nice to your wife. Have her be nice to you, and that's all they need to know. But that's like, how can you... Book. He can't be an example of how to date. That's what he's no. saying. No, no. How can be an example, example of how to of date? Really, no, date. You can't. You can't. You're married. <laughs> you can teach them. You can get the book. Yes. And I still think the content on your Singles and Stinking Thinking DVD is brilliant. You like it? I do. I, I, I think it just stands the test of time Why several it, years I, later. So, you, know, you know what it is? is, it, is uh, I start out with this, the theology part of it, that that throws them. 
because there are because in my in the argument, if you haven't gotten the DVD, you can check it out. Sex dating and really, but again, I'm going to quit pushing. I'm just pushing the book. Oh no, now. not that one. I'm, I'm sorry. The single thing is the sinking thinking. Yeah. It's because I start out talking about the theology of making decisions. And a great many Christians can't get past that before I get to anything else. The... Because they are so brainwashed into really believing God will tell you what to do. Yeah. God will always tell you what to do. All of the Christian experience is just waiting for God to tell you what to do. I attack that vigorously because I do not think that's true. That is not how this works. And you think so people get stuck on that and they hit I th- stop I, I, and they never I watch do. the rest of I, it? No, I think that I think, really? I just yeah, I think they just get upset at that point. They can't they can't function past that. That's my that's personal really thinking. Good stuff on that's that. why I don't. That's why I almost don't deal with hardly any of that in, in the, the book. In the new book, yeah. In the new book seems to be. I'm getting nothing but yeah. praise, and everybody's loving that because you just. I just. You know. You just got to get around it. I. I kind of hit on it just until your decision yeah. and stuff. But that's the thing. So many Christians are obsessed with God will tell me. Mm-hmm. You go to any. I don't care what denomination. You start asking about, well, I just, just do what the Lord tells you to do. And, you know, I was just waiting for God to tell me. And, you know, the Lord told me this. And I'm, I'm telling you, this teaching has just gotten out of hand because that's not how this. If that were the truth, we, we would need the Bible. And quite frankly, most people don't read the Bible because right. they think it's true. They just think it's God one of the reasons why people, why biblical illiteracy is so high. This teaching of, they're trying to make it holy as being obedient to the Lord and it sounds so spiritual and stuff. I'm telling you, it's biblically false. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why biblical illiteracy is so high because people literally, I'm saying that theoretically, it is true. They don't read the Bible because God will, tell God will just tell them what to do. That's why they live the way they would. That's why they live carelessly. And that's, then at some point, everybody come, becomes, uh, they just do what? Is right in their own yeah, eyes. And what, well, they feel. Whatever they feel. It all becomes an emotion-driven thing. It becomes dis- yeah. So the Word of God becomes of little value to them because they don't really study it. When you understand that that is not how it works, God doesn't just walk around telling you everything that you need to learn, you need to study, you need to... Now, you're drawn to the Scripture. I want to know how to live. I want to know how to live my life. I want to, I want to check this out. You know, I want to see what's, what's in there and get instruction, and you're growing from it, mm-hmm. and you're getting wisdom. <clears throat> so I think the reason the DVD thing freaks them out is because I start with Going after that, yeah. and I think they can't handle it, and that's because this is a, it is one of the great heresies. I think I don't know if it's a heresy, but it's a heresy is kind of a strong word. But it's, it was one of the fundamental. Uh, well, it knocks down the sacred fallacies. cow. It is, it is just a fallacy. Yeah. In 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 Christianity today, that is just yeah. preached and taught over and over again. Just wait, and God will tell you what to do. So we've got a bunch of mindless numbnuts going around who are just waiting for nuts. That's what they are. They're just numbnuts, and they're waiting. They're just waiting for God to tell them what to do. God, and, and they don't read the Bible. They don't study. They don't look for wisdom. They become a god unto themselves because they're just waiting for whatever. The problem is they become so emotionally driven that whether or not is God really speaking or not, they just ate pizza and had it. You know, every little thought that comes in their head it must be God. We run into this all the time. I know people get married. Well, I got married because I thought it was the Lord and. When I, I don't get a divorce, well, because I thought the Lord told me I yeah. shouldn't have to do this anymore. I mean, they just make stuff up. What the Bible teaches is, is of no value yeah. to them. So anyway. It's all God told me. It's, it's such a huge mountain. That's why in the new book, I almost spend no time on it and just talk about dating and this and that. And people seem to be accepting that better. Still, the right information gets in. But at some point, people <laughs> they have got to get, I don't know what it'll fix. It's not my job to fix it but that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, we'll take a break because the Lord told me to. And we'll be back with more right for this. Have a marriage dilemma? Email your questions to ask at markgunger.com and Mark can answer them during one of our shows.
We're back. What do you got? Okay, we're close to the bottom, so this is just a little testimony to your wisdom. Oh, it's all about me. He says, I can testify to the advice Mark gave to the husband with performance problems on a previous show. It is possible to heal from porn and masturbation after you have conditioned yourself to it. But the only way to do it, and please pardon the all capital letters, is to stop using the freaking garbage, he says. <laughs> That's what it is. You just uh, got to stop. You will heal. You could be a hardcore heroin addict today. Mm-hmm. And in a year, two years, about, you're, you're totally normal again. Can heal. Now, you still have issues. You don't want to get around that kind of lifestyle. But you, your body will heal. God has designed you to heal. If you'll stop the porn, you will heal. But the only way to do it is you, you have, have to, to stop. stop. He says, I used to masturbate. There's no methadone version no, of this. No, no. I used to masturbate and use porn long before I met my wife and sadly during the first four years of our marriage. It wasn't until I started listening to Mark put porn and masturbation back into its proper context, calling it disgusting, pathetic, cowardice, weak, etc., <laughs> that I was able to break free. Ever since I stopped and came clean, I've been sober for over a year. My wife and I finally enjoy an honest relationship and a fruitful marriage. And there certainly hasn't been any problems in the bedroom concerning arousal and performance anymore. Actually, my new problem is being oversensitive, but I hear more sex usually fixes that problem and no complaints from the wife as she's the gal with the serious drive, he says. (laughs) Fellas, listen to the escaped from the asylum pastor. If you hear anybody advise that porn helps spice up relationships or that masturbation is a good training tool, that person needs a few thorough swirlies. Indeed. In fact, let's round up those knuckleheads, bring them to Wisconsin, and give them over to Mark for a well-deserved stall baptism. It will be glorious. One gigantic swirly. Stick your head in the toilet and flush. Hopefully the water swirling around your head will awaken you from your delusions. This porn thing is the single thing that is destroying more relationships and damaging more relationships than anything else. Mm -hmm. What is stunning is how much the church still will not talk about it or still talk about it in the sense that, you know what, it's still okay and God understands. Mm -hmm. You know who's more intense about it now? Non-Christians. Yes. Yes. The strongest advocates against porn now are non-Christians who've discovered that porn ruins their sex lives. And they come out, and the only advice they give you is stop it. You have to stop it completely. Once you've stopped it completely, you begin to heal, and you start to really enjoy sex. Does the church talk like that? No, no, we don't want anybody to feel bad. Ah. (laughs) All right, we'll be back after this. Caution. The Mark Hunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. Music of Jimmy Bratcher. Check it out. JimmyBratcher.com. What do you got? Okay. Uh, wife writing. She says, the situation I'm currently dealing with breaks my heart and has for over a year. It's kind of long, so listen. I don't know what to do. My husband refuses to allow my parents contact with our three kids. They have twin boys, three, and a little girl who's one. She says, the background information is we had just moved into a new house. Everybody was stressed. My mom came to help and stay with us, and she invited the brother over as well. And when the husband got home from work, he was upset because there is extra people in the house. And in front of the mother said, you could have informed me that your family was coming, to which the mother, so his mother-in-law, piped up and called him king. 
and said, I should be able to have family over if I wanted to. The husband asked the mother-in-law then to leave. She packed up and left. The situation snowballed from there. Apparently, he would text me in text messages and call and leave messages for her family. Uh, my sister thinks that the husband is being controlling and abusive. My husband feels that my parents hate him and are trying to cut him out of the family. He can't stand my folks and won't let our kids see them. What do you think? I think we need counseling, but my husband says he thinks my folks need counseling, not him. What should I do? She's five weeks pregnant now with number four, and she needs the issue to be resolved. How am I supposed to tell my folks, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant with another grandchild you're not allowed to see. I can't do this. She says, when I told him I was going to take the kids to see my folks, he told me I'd better come back with a lawyer. Please help. I'd call his bluff. That's my advice. I think he's a complete jackass. Which reminds me of my new book. <laughs> Don't be an ass. All right? This guy yeah. is totally... He's a total ass. Total ass. There's asses and then there's total asses. Yeah. In fact, I probably could put your husband's face right on this there. donkey. Hey, don't cover up my name when you hold that up oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just by Mark Hunger. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds really sad. Isn't that awful? It's awful. Absolutely she was there awful. trying to help with all these kids in a new house and everything, and he's just a jerk. Uh, I mean, in fact, I know people like that. Oh, I, I wouldn't tolerate it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my next book I need to work on, but... Uh, how to uh, confront really bad behavior, and you just confront it head on. And uh, I, that's horrible. Yeah. And what he's doing is horrible. Yeah. I'm a grandfather. Yeah. That'd I can't be, imagine oh, I can't, that. I, all of a sudden, you're, when your kids say you can't come over anymore, yeah. and you can't see the kid. That should, yeah. that should almost be illegal. Yeah. That would be horrible. Just un. I can't believe that you're married to a guy like this. You sound like a nice lady. What, what were you thinking? I, I wouldn't tolerate it. I wouldn't tolerate it. You know, talk to your pastor. You're asking my advice. My advice is I say, we are not going to cut these uh, grandparents out of these kids' lives. And if he says, come back with a lawyer, whatever, just go live with your parents for a while. She says, for call over his, a year. For over a year. Call his bluff. Call his bluff. These guys always bluff. They're big blowhards. Yeah. Oh, man, I'd, I'd just pack up the kids. I'd take them all to your parents' house and stay, stay with them for a while. And your husband's going to get mad, and he'll yell and scream, and he'll demand, he'll get on the phone, and where are you at? You can't just... just and listen. if he seriously divorces her, you come back with a lawyer, and he seriously divorces her over this, he is a bigger jackass than what he even sounds like in the email. Good night. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I wouldn't tolerate it. You would toss your family because now, of You're going to get different advice. You call focus on the family. I'm sure they're going to tell you, you know, sit and watch the movie yeah. War Room and, <laughs> and you need to submit. And all ooh, of the, you know, just, that makes me nauseous. I, I, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think these guys are wrong. And all you're going to do is you're going to live in just a hellish situation for a really long time. You're eventually going to so despise him that it's going to rot your marriage out anyway. You confront stuff like this. You confront it early. You confront it early. I would absolutely call his bluff. I wouldn't go get an attorney. Just go stay. I would just make it clear. We're not going to do this. And he'll get all mad. And just, I would just leave. But I wouldn't do it when he's there. I'd just wait till he's off to work or something like that. I'd pack up all the little rugrats. And where are you going? We're going to grandma's house mm -hmm. for a while. And just go. Just go. You don't want any explanation. I don't think. He'll call. He'll freak. He'll panic. 
and said, we're not going to do this. We're not going to just cut out my family. And when you want to uh, uh, include my family in our lives, then uh, call me and I'll come home. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. I would call it. He'll, he'll fold like a deck of cards. These guys are also full of it. What about his family? Is his family allowed to be in? I would imagine so. It's oh, unbelievable. Unless we're not hearing something. Yeah, unless there's something, there's unless something, there's something else, else to the story. That's just... Which, you know, sometimes there can there be. There is. Oh, are you kidding? People are full of it. They'll just, they'll just... Oh, I got. I left that part out. Her parents live 45 minutes away. His parents are six hours away. So they're not really close to... So they never come over anyway. Yeah. Yep. I, sweetheart, I would have confronted this day one. The fact that you've let this go for years on you. I know, that's painful. I can't oh, even I would, imagine I putting even, up with that for a year. Not you can't go out. No way. You're not going to. They are my parents. Well, I don't like it. Well, you know, listen, when you're ready to be reasonable, let me know. I'm going to go live with my parents. Exactly what I would have done. Yeah. I would not they have guys, kept my kids away every from t- for Every a year. time we've run into a guy like this, they all fold. Now, it could be that you are married to such a jackass that he won't fold. That'll be interesting. But then that's on him. Mm-hmm. If he divorces you, that's on him. But for heaven's sakes, there's no way. He'll fall like a deck of cards or a bunch of blowhards or cowards at their core. I wouldn't, man, I, I just, it's so horrifying. I can't even think. I know. Uh, it's just I horrifying just, to think that, like, my, I, I wouldn't see my grandkids for a year I cannot believe like that a, you let him do this to you. This would not even be a discussion. The second it happened, we are not going, your parents can never come over. No way there are my parents. No, you can't do that. I, I would just pack up and go. Go stay with your parents. At least your parents like you. Yeah. I would think that you want to go see the kids? Go over there. They'll be thrilled. <laughs> go live with them for a couple of weeks. Your husband will fold. I guarantee you'll fold. If, I, if not, I'll, I'll be stunned. But they always fold. Mm-hmm. This man is absolute control freak, uh, borderline abusive. I, I wonder what in other ways. You mean he's a normal, nice guy in every other way except this? That's going to be hard to believe. Yeah. He's got to be a jerk in very, believe. Yeah, I mean... He's just Mr. Wonderful except for this? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, there's, there's not. something's not right here. You know, or you force him to counsel. He said, he calls me, you need to come home. Well, come home once you decide to get counseling. Well, I'm going to counsel you. Well, you know, you let me know and then hang up. He'll call you back. They always call back. They always fold. They'll always fold. I wonder what her parents did. Because, like, if it were me, if it were, like, my kids and they were keeping my grandkids away, oh, my gosh, I'd crawl through broken glass and make every apology and go to counseling and do whatever I had to do to fix it. So I wonder what her folks are doing. I don't know. Some guys are so obnoxious, controlling beasts that you just just stay away. I don't know. We don't know the whole story. I can only respond to what you said. Based on what you sent. I would go move in with your parents for a couple of weeks and the, or a month or a year until he changes. That's it. You force the change. It's confrontation. Confrontation is the biblical concept. You go to a guy one, two, three times, you kick him out. Paul said, there's guys in the church, you should kick him out. It's interesting how the church uses those standards for bad behaving people in the church, but when it comes to marriage, they say a woman's her only option is to submit. Nonsense. Mm-hmm. The Bible says a church is supposed to submit to its pastor. There's not one of you guys right now in one of these stupid systems, and most of you go to these churches that have these stupid systems where the congregation votes on pastors. I don't know why you guys even go to churches like that. But anyway, I guarantee you, that's your church. And you, the Bible says you're supposed to submit to your pastor, but if he comes drunk, if he steals any money, you'll vote him out so it'll make his head spin. Mm-hmm. How come you don't believe in the submission then? Huh? You're so into submission. How come you, the Bible says you should submit to your leaders? Well, he's acting badly. That's the point. 
A guy like this, I have badly, then all of a sudden they still said the woman has to submit. It's absurd. Mm -hmm. The same rules that apply to the church apply in the home. If you're not applying the same rule in the church, in the home, you are full of caca. And absolutely, I would confront that just like you would confront some badly behaving pastor. Absolutely. I'd pack him up, I'd move into your parents and watch what he does. Ah, just irritated now. All right, take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Download your free Mark Gunger app today to see all of the latest from the world of Mark Gunger. We're back on the Mark Gunger Show talking about love, marriage, and relationships, answering your emails to the best of our ability. Anyway. Okay, guy writing. They've been married for two and a half years. He says, I realize I am from perfect country and recently been struggling with fear of making mistakes in my marriage. For those of you who don't know what he's talking about, you go online to flagpage.com. It's an assessment program that we have that shows what motivates you and drives you. It's really insightful. If you listen to the show, you should take that test. Go to flagpage.com. It's a great insight into yourself and how you connect with other people. Anyway, he comes from uh, part of the test talks about four different motivations that drive people. Some are, you know, very fun people like myself. Other people are very controlling psycho people like Diane. <laughs> that is not me, by the way. <laughs> Just teasing. Uh, others uh, are very peaceful people. They always want to make it. Others uh, very controlled people, you know, whatever. So he's saying, I come from perfect country, which he's a person who's very much driven by details and uh, that sort of thing. Have I right. Right. Okay, so my wife has been nothing but supportive and loving and has no way made me feel like a failure. Although I deal with temptations by fleeing them and spending time in prayer with God, I'm afraid that at some point I'm going to mess up and irrevocably hurt my marriage. Mm -hmm. Also, even minor mistakes toward my wife make me feel like the biggest loser and worst husband ever, even though I know in my head that's not true. So my question is, can you help me move past this irrational fear of messing up my marriage? We each have a personal relationship with God. We have done so much to remove sin from our lives and home, but I believe, and I believe we have a strong marriage. It's the random sessions of freaking out that terrify me, he says. Why does he think it's irrational? I don't think it's irrational at all. You just described me, and I'm not from perfect country. <laughs> I, I've, I've said this many times. My mm -hmm. single greatest fear is that I will do something to damage. And, and in my case, my life's over. My job's over. My flush. career's over. <laughs> just flush right down the toilet. You know, fear. You know, you know it was a good fear. Be, what if somebody wrote you and said, you know, I, I'm a... Uh, uh, I have children by the highway, and I'm always fearful they'll run out and, and play in the street. How can I get over my fear? Well, you don't want to get over that fear. Well, maybe he you, you has want, more than want, a healthy fear. Maybe he does have an irrational fear. He knows how crazy it's making him, so maybe it's more I would more rather he have an irrational, whatever that means, fear of being unfaithful to his wife than to be like most people who don't pay attention to it at all. All of a sudden, they wake up, you know, I don't know what happened. She fell on my penis. I accidentally <laughs> had an affair, you know. I, I mean, what? People always come on these things, right? I and know. then all of a sudden, they've just de devastated all these people. Can I got another situation like that? People I know in my life right now, uh, you know, she fell on, he fell on some of the woman's vagina and had an affair. And, and I, guess I would much, I'll take that any day of the week. If I had an answer for you not to feel that way, I wouldn't give it to you. <laughs> I think. But if he's actually being crippled by mistakes and then. I'm not talking about the mistake. I'm talking about the that fear of, of having an yes, affair and being faithful. That, that's, I think that's a good hang fear. Hang on to that for to all have. you. Are hang worth. on to it. Cherish it. Avoid it. You know, you know, you are drawn, and and we all are. We we like pretty ladies. 
What do you want me to say? It's just, it is. So you just got to be aware of it and keep putting up the roadblocks. So that's a healthy, good, healthy That's fear. perfect. Now, the rest now, of them, he's... If he has just a minor mistake and he's melting down and feeling so horrible because of it, then that's different. Yeah. We'll separate those two issues. The thing with perfect-natured people is you either your desire for perfection will pull you higher or your failure to receive, reach perfection or whatever that means to you. Will, will push you down. It can be debilitating. It sounds like he's, yes. you need to get to a place where your desire for getting right pulls you higher and that constantly defeats you. That's where you got to get. And uh, the best analogy I can use is, because uh, he's talking about failure. I, mean, I don't know. Again, there's parts of this that, that are good. Mm-hmm. You know how many people do bad nowadays and they don't feel bad? Right. They, you know how many churches teach people not to feel bad? Yeah. You know how many pastors I've run into who say, we never put some yeah. point on anything because we don't want people to feel bad. Yeah. Well, then but then cr- there's the people cr- who are debilitated by their lack of perfection and when they do anything wrong. Yeah. I they're holding I themselves to an unrealistic, ridiculous standard that they cannot possibly achieve. He should read Kevin Lehman's book, When Your Best Isn't Good Enough. That is a good book, actually, for that. When Your Best Isn't Good Enough by Kevin Lehman. Or just the scriptures in general, man. And then you know, you know, then he'll know at least if it's rational, irrational. How much time does he spend reading the Bible? Well, he says that they you know, have really go, strong relationships with God, so. Oh, again. You know how people say they have really strong relationships with God? They don't know jack right. about the Bible. Right. Because they don't read the Bible. Right. They're waiting for God to talk to them, you know, I mean, whatever their deal is. The, the, the scripture, the reason for reading the scripture is so powerful and transformative. Because you read the scriptures. Jesus had an extremely high standard of perfection. If your eye offend you, pluck it out. Holy cow. Mm. If you hate someone, you're guilty of murder. Are you kidding me? You fantasize about another woman, you've committed adultery. What? I mean, he's got his, if your hand offend you, chop it off. Good advice for all you masturbators out there. Now, so he had an extremely high standard, right? I mean, enough... That would scare you. When you look at it, it's enough to get depressed. But yet here, a lady comes to him, caught in the very act of adultery. And he tells the guy, well, whoever, you know, without sin, throw the first stone. Well, they all walk away. He says to her, where are your accusers? She says, there's none here, Lord. He says, I don't accuse you either. What's interesting about this, she, there's no record that she asked for forgiveness. She didn't ask him to forgive her. Isn't that one of the things we pretty much teach? Well, you got to say yeah. you're sorry. If you don't, Jesus is so willing to forgive and have compassion. Here's a lady doesn't even ask to be forgiven. And he says, I forgive you. Don't do it again. Well, and this is the guy who was popping out the eyeballs and cutting off the hands. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it seems contradictory, but it's not. Oh, it's a nice little phone call there for me. <laughs> Just to mute that thing. Sorry, I usually mute them. Actually, I did mute it. What the heck happened? Anyway, so what was I talking about? Oh, so it seems contradictory. Here you have this incredible standard, mm-hmm. but yet he's willing to let people off. It's called grace. Grace does not lower the standard. That's what I have a problem with today. Because people say, well, because of grace, it doesn't matter what you do. Oh, not we can true. fornicate. We can lie. We can commit adultery. It doesn't matter because grace covers everything. That no, that's the, no, that's lowering the standard. That's grace never lowers the standard. The standard is always high, but grace covers your failure. A guy like read the Bible, read that story. You start read if you're always. How do you read that story and walk away feeling crushed? Because you fail. I mean, you let people off the hook all the time. 
the woman at the well, she, what? She's, <laughs> she's married to what? Five guys, six guys, whatever. She's with the six guys, seventh guy now, whatever the number is. Man, this lady's been around the block. Five husbands and the one you have now, right? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Does he slam her for it? No. Well, what about the standard? If you divorce, you're committing adultery. That's the standard. He runs into the classic claims. She should be so full of adultery up to her eyeball. Why would he even talk to her? Is the standard change? No. But what happens? Grace steps in. And he delivers life and peace to her and changes her life. And she goes running off to tell everybody how it changed her life. Perfect natured people, if you read the scriptures, will walk away, you'll feel empowered. So this is going to sound like a very cheap pastor's response to your struggle with this. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. See what God's really like. Man, read, <laughs> read Kings, 1 Kings, 1 2 Kings. For hundreds of years, God is threatening to bring judgment on them because they're so bad. They are going into idolatry, sexual immorality. They're sacrificing their own children to idols. Human sacrifices. And for hundreds of years, God says, you better stop it. I'm going to bring the hammer. You better stop it. But hundreds of years! Halfway through it, I'm thinking, just kill them already! Finally! Finally, the hammer falls, and they get taken off into Babylonian captivity. The nation's destroyed. I mean, the, the hammer fell, and it was bad. But look how long it took. Mm -hmm. You read the Bible, you start getting the sense, sense that, you know, apparently God's pretty patient. Right? Yes. He doesn't lower the standard. No. But he's patient, and he's kind, and he's forgiving, and he's willing to let people off the hook. Wow. You feel bad? Read your Bible. I think that the rub comes because you can read what God says and how he sees it all, but then we live in the world of people. And that sometimes is a little bit more difficult to navigate. No, read how God deals with people. No, but I'm saying the way other people treat you and having to deal with that. It's like, yeah, it's like God thinks this, but people treat me like that. I think people who struggle with the perfection, they can think, yeah, but I know that's God, but yet... I don't think that from what he said. He sounds like he's the perfect nature. People tend to beat themselves up. Yeah, they don't need other people to build them. That's a whole different sermon. Yes. That's a whole what you're talking about. Yes. It's a whole different scenario. And I do wish that the Bible would have given us more details to these stories. What happened to this lady who was caught in adultery? And she let, what, what was her next step? What happened yeah. to the lady with the five six yeah. guys? What'd she do next? Yeah. It doesn't tell us. Yeah. That's so frustrating to me. Yeah, that would be so How helpful. How did they live it out after? How did they work it out? But we don't. Yeah. Get, we got Jack. Yeah. It's very frustrating, yeah. all right? But this kind of guy, they tend to beat themselves up. They beat the snot out of themselves. Yeah. So listen, I think it's good that you have a great fear of ruining your marriage. Good, stay there. As for everything else, learn grace. Read about grace. You'll start to understand that even when we fail, God's grace covers our failures, all right? Need to take a break. Come back with our final segment right after this. Want more of Mark? Visit markgunger.com. There you will find everything that Mark has to offer. Grown to love these rainy days. All right, final segment. What do you got? Dating question. He says he's currently in a relationship with a girl. She's 16, he's 18. Um, we occasionally get discouraging comments because we're young. Marriage is definitely Give something the ages we again. talk about. 16 and 18? 
16. Who, the guy is 18? Uh, she, yeah, she's 16, he's okay, 18. Okay. Yeah. Um, they talk about marriage on a regular basis. They've asked people about relationship advice, married people in the church, and they said that it's not good to talk about marriage this early on because it's a waste of time and it just leads to unwanted heartbreak and crushed plans if we ever break off the relationship. So what is your opinion on whether or not we should talk about marriage this early on? Uh well, you kind of got me in the middle on this one. On the one hand, uh, you know, if you were 17, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with it, and I think it's perfectly fine. You can get married at 18. There's no mm-hmm. reason you can't get married. None. Zilch, zero, zip, nada. Mm-hmm. Sadly, you are in a Christian community today that thinks more like pagans than Christianity. And the pagans don't like the idea of young marriage, but there's no reason. Then that would make perfect sense. The fact that you're 16 means that you're two years out. She's two years She's out. She's two yeah. years, and that's, that's going to just create a lot of problems for you. Yeah. you. In my opinion, you shouldn't even be dating. Until she's 17. Until 17. That's my idea. People want to know when it's 17. Don't be dating. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. You're just going to get frustrated. Wind up in sexual sin anyway. When you're 17, date your heart out. Get as close to somebody as you want. Fall in love with them. Marry them at 18. Maybe that's not the guy. Maybe at 19. Maybe at 21. Maybe at 23. You know, fine. Whatever. But uh, to be dating at 40. Uh, these parents are so full of it. They're against young marriage, but they let their kids date. Which is what do you think is going to nonsensical. Happen? If you don't believe in getting married young, why do you let them date so young? Anyway, if you can hold out for two years, I have no problem with that. Get married at 18. Alright, see ya! Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle!